I would like to read with you in the Gospel of Luke and in chapter 13, a parable of the Lord Jesus, maybe one that isn't just so well known and often spoken on, but it's upon my heart tonight and I trust that the Lord will give help uh, to look at this parable, the Gospel of Luke chapter 13 and reading from verse 6 and the Lord Jesus Verse 6, he spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it, and if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. Look to the Lord to, to bless this little parable to each one of us. I just want to simply think of this illustration that the Lord Jesus gave to the people of his day, a solemn illustration, and yet one in which there is mercy and joy. The illustration of a fig tree planted in the vineyard. And I want to think about a tree that was planted. Uh, it's, It's planting, and I want to think about its failure. I want to think about its condemnation. Cut it down. I want to think about its care. Let it alone this year also. And finally, I want to think about its opportunity this year also. The Lord Jesus told this parable in response to uh, people who mentioned to him a particularly tragic event that had happened because of the cruelty and brutality of the Roman governor Pilate There were some Galileans, we don't know the exact circumstance, but they they perhaps had come down from Galilee to Jerusalem and they were offering sacrifices. Animals were being killed and their blood was being shed. And Pilate with his soldiers came in and he killed those men. And the blood of the the humans flowed down uh, into the blood of the animals. What a what a terrible tragedy and what, what tremendous brutality there was in uh, the, uh, the heart of Pilate that he should get his soldiers to do such a thing. The Lord Jesus said to those people, he said, do you think that these people were worse than everybody else? Other people in Galilee, nothing happened to them. Do you think these were worse? He says, they weren't the worst people in Galilee. And he says, I can tell you this, except you repent. He says, the same will happen to you. Maybe not the same circumstances, but you will perish. You will be lost. You will suffer ruin too. And then he told them about other people in in Jerusalem and the Tower of Siloam collapsed. And it wasn't brutality, but it was a a natural or a, a, a physical thing that that happened and, and the tower fell and people were, 
were, were crushed underneath it and people were killed. And he said, do you think that they were the worst people around uh, in that day? And he said, no, they weren't. He said, except you repent, you will perish too. And in those circumstances, the Lord Jesus was saying to those people, you need to learn from the brutality of human beings. And, and we see a lot of it around and we hear a lot of it and we hear about what's happening in the Ukraine and we think of the brutality and the lives that are lost and the evil that, that happens. And we need to learn from that. And we hear about natural disasters. You think of the, the flooding in Pakistan and thousands of, of square miles of, of, of land. Uh, perhaps, you know, you know as, as big nearly as, as Northern Ireland. And you hear about that and you think of that terrible catastrophe and all of those people losing their homes and people killed. And, and, and we need to learn from that. But the Lord Jesus says, what you need to learn is this, that your day will come too. And you need to repent of your sins. And you need to be saved or you will be lost and lost eternally. And in those circumstances and at that background, he told this story and he spoke about a fig tree. I don't know if you've if you've eaten figs, they're not everybody's taste. I remember being on holiday once and the man who rented out the, the, the villa that, that we were in, he said, the, the figs in the garden are ripe and you're very welcome to eat them. And we plucked some of the figs and they were very soft and very tasty, far nicer than anything you could buy in a shop here. Well, this man... He had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. That is, he was growing grapes. He had vines and he was growing grapes. And he decided that he would like a fig tree so that he could have figs, so that he could, as I did, pluck the figs and eat them. And so it was planted in the garden so that he could have fruit and so that he could enjoy the figs. And that simply reminds us that each one of us are here because of the grace and the goodness of God. God has been gracious to us and we breathe his air. And your heart, since you came into this hall, has beat over a thousand times and you don't even think about it. And the blood is coursing through thousands of miles of veins within your body. And you don't even think about it. And the God of heaven has put us into this world and has given us a world that sustains life. And the sun rises and the rain falls and the crops grow and the animals feed and we drink their milk and we eat their meat and God has provided all of those things. And I ask you today, what do you think life is all about? What is the purpose of life? Why are we here? Is it just to make money? Is it for our own pleasure? Most people think that that's what life is all about. And it's about family and friends and about getting on in employment. 
We are here for the pleasure of God. It is God who has put us here and God who has provided everything that we have. And we are here for the pleasure of God in order that he might have pleasure in us, in order that we might have pleasure in him, in order that there might be that relationship between us as his creatures and God as the great creator. That's why we are here. And until you are made right with God, until you're reconciled to him, until you're saved, until you are in his family, life has no real meaning and purpose and no lasting joy because that comes to those who are God's alone. And so this man comes into his garden to this fig tree that he got planted. It was his choice. He wanted figs and he comes and what does he find? There are none. The time of figs has arrived and the fig tree is completely barren. And he comes back the next year and again the time of figs has arrived and there's not a single fig on the tree. And he comes the third year and it's exactly the same. Not one single fig in those three years. What does that tell us? What is the Lord Jesus telling us by that? He's telling us the truth that we read in Romans chapter 3. There is none righteous. No, not one. None righteous. No, not one. Verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Isaiah 53 and 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to our own way. And I want you to think of the, the failure of the fig tree. Complete, total failure. Nothing for the owner. Nothing for the man who planted it there. And that is the reality of the lives of those who are outside of Christ. Who do not know Christ as their saviour. Who have never been saved. Never been forgiven. There is none righteous. No, not one. That's God's verdict on you and on me apart from God's salvation. That's maybe not your verdict. That's maybe not how you see yourself. You maybe see yourself as, as a kind and caring person. And maybe even your neighbors see you as one of the best neighbors in the street. And maybe in school your teacher thinks you're the, one of the kindest children in the class and obedient, and, and well-behaved, and all of those things. And that's, that's great. And that's great for your school, and that's great for your street, and that's great for Ballyclare, but that will not do for heaven. Because God's verdict is that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us reach the standard of God's holiness and God's righteousness. There is none righteous. No, not one. And the best that we do, Isaiah 65 and verse 4, verse 6, Isaiah 64 and verse 6, all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags 
in the sight of a holy God. And if you don't understand that, and if you don't believe that, it's because you don't understand the holiness of the God of heaven. I would think if you were being honest, you would admit that even by your own standards, there's things you wish you hadn't done. And even by your own standards, there's things that you want to not do, but you, you still do them. But by God's infinite holy standards, all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. The planting of the tree, the failure of the tree. I want you to think of the, the condemnation of the tree. And the owner comes after those three years and he says, cut it down. Cut it down. The sentence is passed on the tree. The owner has had enough. He's come the third year and still no fruit. And he says, cut it down. Bring it down to the ground and free the ground up and we'll put something else there. The Bible tells us that, that we are all condemned. John chapter 3 and verse 18. He that believeth not is condemned already. Condemned already. The sentence is already passed. I know there are people who think that they will wait to see what happens when they, as they speak, come to the pearly gates. And they think that perhaps the, the good deeds will be weighed up against the bad deeds and a decision will be taken then. And if they've done the best they can, that God will look on that and he'll compare that with the, the wrongs that they've done and he'll measure it up and a decision will be taken then. But that's not what my Bible says. And that's not what the Lord Jesus taught. For it's his words I take it in John chapter 3 when he said, He that believeth not, that is on the Son. He that believeth not is condemned already. You understand, you boys and girls and older friends, the sentence is already passed. We're already guilty. All the world guilty before God. The sentence is already passed. But I want you to think of the care. And here's the, here's the happy side of the gospel. Here's the blessed news that we've come to tell you this evening against that dark picture of sin and failure and condemnation. The care. Because there was one who came between the owner and the tree. The owner said, in righteousness, cut it down. But there was one who came in between and he said, let it alone. Let it alone. What a wonderful picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. For there is one God, one holy, righteous God. There is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. Do you understand, friend, tonight that the Son of God, the eternal Son of God, who is God and eternally is God, that he became human. That he in that way bridged deity and humanity. That 
The Son of God became human. The one to become the one mediator between God and men. To come between us. To deliver us from the, the righteous judgment of God that our sins deserved. One mediator between God and men. The man Christ Jesus. But do you understand as well that that, that wasn't enough? That Bethlehem wasn't enough. That the baby that, that Mary brought forth, Mary's firstborn son, was God's only begotten son. And that was a wonderful act of divine grace that he should come and be born in a, in a stable, born in the outside place. But that wasn't enough because he is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. And that's Calvary. And that's outside the city walls of Jerusalem. And that's nailed by hands and by feet to an old rugged cross. To suffer there for, for human sin. To pay the price that we should have paid. To suffer the wrath of God in his holy soul that I should have suffered in my sinful soul throughout all eternity and would have suffered had he not come and had he not come between us and between the righteousness of God and my sinful soul came the mediator Christ Jesus and he took my place and died for me. What a blessed story this evening. The Lord Jesus Christ suffered the just one, the only sinless, righteous man, the just one for we the unjust, for me and for you here in the hall and for friends outside and for people throughout Ballyclare and people throughout this world, the just one for we the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Can I ask you tonight, have you had that experience of being reconciled to God, of being delivered from the power of sin in your life and your sins being forgiven and that certainty that you'll never, ever be in hell and that instead you'll be undeserved and unworthy, but because of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be in heaven forever and forever. That hymn in our book, Beneath the Cross of Jesus, there's a verse in it that speaks of just beyond the cross, there's an awful grave. And, the, and the, the, the hymn writer, he says, I see him there with, on the cross with arms outstretched to save, like a watchman set to guard the way to that eternal grave. There is an eternal grave. There is eternal room. There is suffering in the lake of fire forever and forever and forever for those who don't repent for those who never receive Christ as Savior but the Lord Jesus died on the cross so that you might never ever experience that so that you might might be saved and might know the blessedness of heaven forever and forever and so the mediator comes between and he says I shall dig about it and I shall dung it, I'll dig it, and I'll put the fertilizer in, and we'll give the tree every opportunity that we can. 
This tree was going to get a fourth year. It was going to get every opportunity, the best that they that the gardener could do in this vineyard for this tree. And I think that there's people in this in this hall here tonight and others outside, and God is doing the very best that he can for you. God will have all men to be saved. And you're here in a gospel meeting, and maybe you were at a Sunday school as well today, and you're learning the word of God, and you're learning the verses of Holy Scripture, and God is doing everything that he can, and you're here in a gospel meeting. God wants to save you, but it is your choice. And I just want to come to the final point then in closing, and to say that there is an opportunity. This, this tree was given an opportunity, and that's a wonderful thing, but it was a limited opportunity. Let it alone this year also, and I will dig about it and dung it, and if it bear fruit well, but if not, then afterwards thou shalt cut it down. The owner was looking for a response from this tree, and he gave it one more year. And God is looking for a response from you. You know, it isn't sufficient just to come and listen to the gospel respectfully, and we appreciate that. And to respectfully listen to the word of God, uh, we appreciate that. But that isn't enough. God is looking for a response. He has sent his son, and he has provided salvation at tremendous cost and at great suffering upon the cross. And he is looking for a response from you. And it may be for somebody in the gospel meeting, we don't know. He says, this year also. The limited opportunity, we don't know when it will come to an end. But it will come to an end. You have a limited opportunity to get saved. You have a limited opportunity to receive the Savior. And if you don't respond... And if you don't trust the Savior, you will perish. You will be lost eternally. As I came into this town today, I thought that at the end, when it all finishes in Ballyclare, there will be people and they will not respond. And they will be in the lake of fire forever. There will be other people and they will respond. And they will receive the Savior. And they will be in heaven forever. You make sure tonight, friend, that you're one of those people. That you will receive the message of the, of the gospel. The words of our Lord Jesus again in John chapter 3 and verse 18. He that believeth on the Son is not condemned. Pardon, peace, forgiveness. He that believeth not the Son, is condemned already. We trust that you'll understand the message and you'll trust the Savior and receive salvation. Shall we pray? Our Father, we bow in thy presence in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ and we thank thee for thy Son. We thank thee for his wondrous, surpassing love that he should come to our world of sin and shame and suffer there upon the cross 
in order to provide salvation for us. We thank thee for everyone who has listened to thy word tonight, who has that assurance that they have trusted thy Son and have received forgiveness. We pray for those who are still outside of Christ. Pray that they will not linger. Pray that they will not miss their limited opportunity, but that even tonight a soul will trust thy Son and receive him as their Savior. We commit each one to thee for safety as we travel home and give thanks for thy rich grace to us in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat>